0: hello and welcome to comedy in a nutshell you know Horace Walpole once said this world is a comedy to those that think a tragedy to those that feel I don't know what that means what if you can't think and you don't feel all I know is there are some wonderful people who've put comedy at the center of their lives and I'd very much like to know what they think and feel if at all I love talking to comedians about comedy, and if you like to hear what they have to say as much as I do, then please like, subscribe, rate, review and share the podcast. Thank you. I knew the first time I saw today's guest that I really liked them. At over six foot tall and hailing originally from the north, she's an imposing figure on stage. She was once described by comedian Angela Barnes as brilliantly funny, energetic and a little bit filthy. It's stand-up comedian, Kate Martin. Morning. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. Brilliant. Well, thanks for having me. Well, we can just dive in if you're happy and you're ready. Excellent. Yeah, sounds good. Well, what's your earliest recollections of comedy? How did it enter your life? Oh God,
1: um, yeah. I'm quite old, mate. That's that's quite a long a long way to think back. Yeah. Um, I think I, I mean, right. I think we just ha- we laughed a lot as a family, right? I mean, I yeah. remember watching. All the stuff in the 80s on the TV, like I remember watching The Young Ones, mm-hmm. and um, probably way too young, actually, if I think about it, that explains <laughs> a lot. Uh, I remember loving The Young Ones, loving, of course, loving like Victoria Wood, all of that. And I just remember that was a real, i was that was just part of growing up, right? And I just yeah. fell in love with it. Like I would buy Victoria Wood sketchbooks and <laughs> badly attempt to act them out myself, you know? So it was... It was always there. There was so much brilliant comedy in the 80s, but yeah, I mean, I was probably too young to watch all of
0: it, but hey-ho. <laughs> oh, you say that? Yeah, well, I was a teenager in the 80s, so, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no comment. No comment. Let's move swiftly on on that one. Uh, great. Question number one, fed the po- uh, offend the podcast host. Great. Good start. Good
0: start. Well, I'm flattered you thought I was younger, but... Uh, of course, mate. I thought you are my age, no? Uh, I'm 50. Impossible. <laughs> So when did comedy as a career occur to you? When was that something that you decided that you wanted to do?
1: Oh, God. I mean, that's that's a lot more recent. So uh, a few years, I think, yeah, a three, maybe three-ish years. Um, and it was, I mean, it was kind of by accident, really. Like I, uh, I'd i been working full-time and studying at the same time and had been what could only be described as a pretty boring, miserable bitch for about a year, <laughs> like doing all of that. And I was like, oh, my God. and. I was just like losing the will trying to get through all that. And like, I think the thing that got me through it, I was like, right, when I get to the end of this, like, I'm just going to do something just for fun, just for the hell of it, just for me. Yeah. And like, uh, join some improv workshops, which were brilliant fun, like just messing around, being silly. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. Just what I needed. <laughs> and then they also ran a comedy workshop. And I was like, like a stand-up workshop. Mm. And I was like, mm, should I? And I like, did it, fell in love with it. Yeah. To be honest, I never really, I didn't really think of it ever as a career until I, yeah. and just until I started, probably actually even until I started to get paid gigs. Like it was just right. something like the improv was brilliant, mm. just as a bit of a, oh, just as a fun time to mess about and to get rid of all that stress, right? Right. The stand up workshop was brilliant fun. And I was like, oh, this could be a great hobby. But it's only when I started to get paid gigs and another paid gig. And I was like, oh, do you know what? Like, oh, maybe, maybe I should put, maybe, maybe if I put more effort into this, maybe it can become something, you mm. know? And like, I don't know. I mean I still just try and enjoy it for what it is, you yeah. know, and like um uh and do as many gigs as I can and um but then I guess the longer you go, the more you think, oh yeah, do you know what maybe this may um, you know, yeah. maybe for put a, a bit more effort in here, a bit more time in here, maybe maybe I could make a go of it. But right. I don't know.
0: We'll see. <laughs> so uh, when and where was that first gig and how did it feel to be stepping out on stage for the first time?
1: Uh the first gig was um perfectly timed in uh <laughs> january 2020 so <laughs> it was uh i think i did i managed about two gigs i think this, i think it was comedy virgins like most people's i suppose mm. uh oh, it was just great fun, right you know it was you know I'd done this comedy workshop, so we did a bit of like an end of course thing, but actually getting the balls to go and <laughs> do it in real life you know it took yeah. that took a bit um. But then, you know, you're. it was such a supportive crowd. Everyone was having such a crack. Everyone was like, you know, uh, supporting and like, right, it was, and it was just, it's magical, right? When you first get yeah. that, because that end of course show, you're just a bit like, well, everyone's going to be nice to us because, you know, it's all our mates. And of course they're going <laughs> to kind of want to cheer us on. It's a bit like, you know, parents watching their kids in a nativity, you know, but like everyone's going, oh yeah, well done. Okay. Don't do this again. Um, but yeah, doing <laughs> doing that for the first time, it was great fun. Yeah. Loved it.
0: Yeah. Was there anything that you you did the first time out that you sort of thought, right? I've learned an important lesson here. This is a, a big mistake I or did, or, or the big the, the big laugh I got.
1: Um, oh, I remember them tell. I remember. Well, I guess the, looking back at it now, like you know, if you get three, four laughs in five minutes on your first set, you think you're like the funniest yeah. person in the world. <laughs> and now, like the, then, the minute you quickly do some more gigs, and you're like, oh no, I need that per minute, you yeah. know. And like, I remember thinking at the time, like. All, all everyone on the courses for like you know the best thing in stand up is just to strip keep stripping material like keep stripping words out and you're like I don't know how I could make this my first five minutes any tighter at all like <laughs> oh my god how could I possibly move even a word from this mm. and then you know a few months later you've got one line left from that five minutes. and <laughs> it's like you know and it's of course they're absolutely right but. Um, so yeah, cutting, just cutting and always cutting and always cutting and always adding extra bits in. I think that was the best thing I learned from that. Yeah. Like Not to think you're a god because you've got one laugh in five minutes.
0: <laughs> so like you say, 2020, mm-hmm. So how, how many gigs roughly did you get before suddenly you were in lockdown?
1: Roughly. Oh, let me add this up. Roughly um, four. <laughs> I think four in total before the world stopped. Um and then, you know, tried some, did some online stuff. But, I mean, that's just, I think, better left unspoken about, isn't it? <laughs> it was, you know, and I think particularly being new. It was that good? Well, I just think, I mean, I'm, I saw some brilliant, I watched some brilliant online stuff, but this was brilliant online stuff yeah. from people who were brilliant at doing stand-up, you know? Like, <laughs> I I think being so new, it was really hard. Like, I did some. I did some. I think it was probably pretty terrible, Uh <laughs> Because you can't judge anything, you know, you can't, and when you're so, I so new. I had no idea what I was judging myself on anyway. So yeah, it was good yeah. fun. It was a good laugh to do some, but hmm. God forbid that, i glad, God, they weren't recorded.
0: <laughs> Did you see that as a learning experience or as a, like a missed opportunity when, you know, you're just starting out and then suddenly everything's taken away from you?
1: Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I mean, it was a bit, of course, it was like, you know, frustrating. You kind of want to get out, you want to do more, you know, know, there's so many amazing gigs in London. Mm. So of course, yeah, it was frustrating not to be able to do that. But, um, but, you know, I mean, I luckily for me, I I wasn't relying on this as a job. I still had a job to do and, um, you know, I didn't lose all the gigs like, you know, people who are doing this for a living. So um, Yeah. yeah, it was frustrating, but it, I think, but I think, you know, still wanting to do it after such a long time of being all locked up and not being able to do it. So like go, getting back and then starting to try and gig again yeah, was even better, you know, like it made it even. And it was, so, you know, still really wanting to do something after that time. I was like, oh no, this is something I do want to do. It's worth putting your time in for.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about 2021 then. Yeah. Uh, Max Turner, finalist. Yeah. Uh, runner up at West Didsbury. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you won, I think. You can correct me if I've got this wrong.
1: I mean, if you say I've won something and I haven't, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that oh, that's yeah. wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, one and all. Won yeah, them all. yeah. Do you know I've won uh, almost every comedy competition in the country? Actually, funny you mention it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> First time out, I think this. I'm right. think I'm right in saying this. First time out at uh, you did the King Gong Comedy Store. I did. Won that. Yeah. Blackout. Won that. And uh, beat the frog. Manchester I think you won that first time out is that right that's right yeah (laughs) that's right you know the first time you set foot in that contest and you win and you do it three times I mean that's a bit of a comeback
1: yeah I mean to be fair though two of those were online so I don't know if they're I don't know if they count as equally as doing it you know I did King Gong online which is far less brutal because you can turn the volume down (laughs) uh and I (laughs) that was my that was my one tip I can't remember who gave me this tip but I was watching, I watched some of the King Gongs online and you could see, because like people have got headphones in, right? So like the jeers or the shouts or the the, the heckles or whatever, like it's not just in the room, it's like in your head and headphones, right? And you could see comedians <laughs> kind of like jolting, obviously, because it was so loud. And then the minute you they kind of jolted, they lost a bit of train. And that's kind of when I think people yeah. were getting gonged off. So I was like, the minute I got on, someone, someone said to me, just turn the volume off on your headphone because you'll see when you've got to, your t- if you get to the time. Right. And I cannot tell you how good that advice was. So I think I probably got like a bit of a cheat win really because I turned the audience off and just barreled through the few minutes. Um but still, but still I'm not gonna you know, I'm still claiming victory, obviously. But
0: you still won. Still well, you know, you're on a with your with your peers, you're on a level footing. So they were in the same position. Yeah.
1: yeah. I was actually joint winner with Chin uh, Wang actually, and she's phenomenal. So that
0: was great to have uh two two women, two joint winners. That was brilliant. And then, of course, um, twenty twenty two mm. uh, finalist in Funny Women. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's yeah. quite a contest, wasn't it? I watched that online. Oh, it was brilliant! And it was, you know, it's the
1: best. That's the best, um, best green room I've ever been in. Yeah. Like, ev- all of us. I know it sounds really cheesy, like, um, but I don't think anybody cared who won because everyone was so supportive of each other. Everyone was brilliant. Yeah, uh, it was such fun backstage. Like, everyone was so lovely. We we're having such a laugh. Um, oh, it was just a brilliant night. It's performing in such an amazing venue. It was just brilliant. The whole thing was such an amazing experience. Fantastic.
0: So, how do you feel about competitions then in general, whether they be like a national prize or like a King Gong or something? How do you approach going into a competition? How do you feel about the results, whatever they may be? Oh, God. I mean, it's always horrible when you, I mean, you, you know, I always go into
1: them going, it's just another gig. You know, try and go into it. It's just another gig. Yeah. You know, like all gigs, you'll get something from it. You might learn something from it, whatever. For good or for bad, I think that's really easy to say. And I think in reality, you go in thinking that, and then if you don't progress to the next stage, you're like, oh, why did, why not? Like what? And it's not that you're not happy for the people that did, but it's just a bit like, oh, so like I don't know. I think they're. I remember someone else telling me like, just don't place too much on them. There's all there's so many factors. Like they're great if you get through, but if you don't, it doesn't mean you're not you're not good it just means that maybe it wasn't i don't know there's all sorts of not everybody can get through them right that's the whole point but yeah um so they're good fun you may i think the main thing is you meet some brilliant people um along the way you know other people in your heats etc uh you get some good mates out of it so yeah they're good fun they they can be quite brutal if you can feel really shit when you don't get what you want but at the (laughs) same time you meet some brilliant people and it is great then when you do do all right so i don't know they're they're a mixed bag i think they're a mixed bag yeah
0: what about um, reviews?
1: How do you feel about it? Do you read your reviews? Um, I don't know if I've done enough stuff to get reviewed, really. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think, I don't know. Yeah, I think there's usually, so, I think it's, I think sometimes I think you just need a bit of time away from whatever it is that's being reviewed to then read the review, right? Because right. it's really hard not to get, I don't know my experience, it's really hard not to get immediately defensive and be like, yeah, well, but like uh, usually like there's some, there's some truth in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like what they say and that can be helpful and stuff like that. So, I mean, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't had loads of reviews. I've had a couple, there was, you know, there were good points in them that I've able to suck up a little time after. (laughs) And there was some nice stuff that they said as well, which of course is the stuff you really want to hear. But, um, you know, I guess they're part of what you do, right. You've got to get used to, used to reading (laughs) those. And like with everything, take them for what they are. Don't place too much on them, but don't dismiss them either. I don't know. It's it's a tricky balance, I guess.
0: Mm -hmm. What about the nerves? I've had a mixed bag of responses about people, about being yeah. the anxiety before going on stage. And some people who have been going for 20 years are still very, very anxious. And then others who haven't even been going for that long are sort of going, well, you mm. know, do it, don't you? So how how does that sit with you?
1: Um, I, on the way to gigs and stuff, fine, looking forward to it. There's about, about 10 minutes before I go on, I just think, oh, God, what the fuck am I doing here? What am I doing? It? I thought... <laughs> What? Oh no, this is not going to be my crowd. No, it's not my crowd tonight. Okay. Well, never mind. This maybe just won't be your best gig. Okay. Just go out there. Well, you're here now, aren't you? You fucked. You can't go anything else. You can't go now. And then someone's like, "Well, just do it for what it is. Uh, if it's not your best gig, never mind. They're obviously not your crowd tonight." Just as I'm, then just as I'm about to go, and I'm just like, "Ah, well, fuck it. Hmm. Just try and enjoy it." And then I have a lovely time, even if you know, depending, regardless of whether I don't know, it's the best gig or not. I just then try and go and have a look and enjoy it and have a. And just think, ah, fuck it, I'm here now. What, there's nothing I can do now. Here we are. <laughs> Go crack on. Uh, and just kind of like, you know, head out, do uh, do your thing, um, and just try and enjoy it. Really, yeah. There's so much stress doing this about everything, and it's like, well, God, if you can't if I can't try and enjoy the actual bit of doing it, yeah. Oh God, then what's the point? You know. <laughs> so I do, yeah, I do try and just. Uh, There's a there's a there's a there's a good five minutes before I go on, I'm just like, oh fucking hell, and then I just try and crack on with it. Yeah,
0: you mentioned your day job. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that, and also about how, because comedians talk about what they see, what they're familiar with. I mean, how does that influence your your comedy?
1: Sure. Um, So I've always worked in mental health, in youth mental health in particular, Um, Mm -hmm. and. and actually most of that i've either worked in like care like direct support or getting young people to i guess speak up about their experiences and use that to make a difference to other people right and mm-hmm. so i guess actually humor has been a massive part of that you know like in the in the most difficult moments or people in the most difficult situations sometimes yeah. the best way is just to have a bit of a laugh about it right or get them to be able to have a laugh about their own situation <laughs> kind of you know gets them seeing things differently builds rapport whatever all that so I guess using humour has always been part of that, like whether it's working in children's homes or mental health services or yeah. or whatever. <laughs> um, and so, I, I think that that's I think that's what I then bring into comedy. I, I don't I don't tend to do much material about mental health at the mm-hmm. moment, just because I you know I, I sort of still work in it, and you know um, I've always supported yeah. family members with their mental health, etc. So I kind of at the moment I kind of avoid that as a topic. But what I do bring in is like there's always something funny in everything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can always have a funny slant on something. Even in the shittiest situations, there's always something funny you can take out. There's some absurd little thing that happens that yeah. will kind of crack you up or whatever. And I guess that's what I try and bring into it is like, what's the absurdity? What's what's the ridiculous thing of this situation? How would you have a laugh about it? Um, yeah. So I, I think that's, that's what I bring into it. And also, I think, you know, there's not... So no, there's not many comedy crowds that do stuff that I haven't had to do, deal with it work, or in in my personal life anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I got
0: <laughs> so it certainly makes me a bit more confident dealing with some of the crowds, I suppose. Yeah, tell me about dealing with crowds then. Um, and one of the things that I'm interested in, mm. a lot of the comedians that I talk to aren't don't reflect me. You know, I'm a middle aged, middle class, <laughs> straight white man, so I'm speaking to a lot of people, particularly for mm. women in comedy. Mm. How is the response from crowds how is the response from the industry towards a female Mm -hmm.
1: i that's a really interesting question i think i've had a pretty easy time of it i think um Hmm. but i think i've had probably an easier time than a lot maybe of of, i don't experience a lot of the things that women in comedy experience because i'm six foot i'm tall (laughs) i'm loud i'm uh, uh i'm not particularly feminine and I think being tall and not particularly feminine means I often get treated like one of the boys rather than a woman in comedy, you know, like, and I, <laughs> I do, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I hear loads of women in having, you know, not brilliant experiences and mm. I sort of have told to me, I, I don't, I don't, I'm lucky in that I don't experience a lot of that. I think for those kind of reasons, um, uh, and I think, you know, I think things are getting better. I still think, I still think. I I do still think women walk out on stage and a lot of crowds will be like, Mm. "Mm." and it's almost like women have to prove they're funny. Whereas men (laughs) often walk out on stage and it's like, you have to prove you're not funny. You know, it's almost like there's an assumption that you're funny until proven otherwise. And I think I'd probably sit in the middle of that. I don't know. I think I get a bit of an easier, an easier time of it, I think. Mm.
0: One thing, and I will say, and not just mm. because you are my guest, I have said this before, is that I'm seeing <laughs> so many women in comedy now. Well, I would say if I added up every gig I've seen, I'd say more than half of them were mm. female, which I think is mm. great because there's so many mm. and they're all hilarious, which is terrific. Mm. Yourself?
1: Oh, why, thanks.
0: <laughs> Victoria Alcina, I think is great. Yeah. Uh, it's and Lily Phillips, yeah. you know, I, know yeah. I think they're fantastic Ph- comics. Phenomenal. So many now. Vic Slayton yeah. it's great. Yeah. Name after brilliant. name after name. And yeah. um, I mean they're they are empirically yeah. hilarious. So what's yeah. you're punishing yourself for not watching?
1: Oh, I mean, there's some incredible all those women you named are phenomenal. You know, they're great to gig with. I hmm. think um if things are changing massively, you know. Yeah, do still do women still get a bit of a rough time sometimes? Yeah, for sure. But are things changing massively? Yeah, 100 percent And there's so many brilliant incredibly strong female comics nowadays that it's like it's mm. and and you know and it's getting better that like you know for sometimes you're quite often you're the only woman on a woman on a lineup yeah but that even that's changing now like getting like you know to you know a couple of women on each lineup like you know the, the sort of diversity the balance is really changing as well which is great when you're out gigging so
0: yeah do you watch comedy yourself still as as an entertainment or has it become
1: when I get bloody time (laughs) when I'm not spending seven hours in a traffic jam on the M1
0: uh,
1: uh, on the way to a gig and the uh, arse arse of the end of the country but uh, yeah so I do enjoy watching it but I mean the time to do that while working full time and living in an M1 travel lodge pretty much (laughs) is is more limited than I would like
0: (laughs) yeah does it feel more like you're a driver who does comedy occasionally with all the road trips?
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, i I dread to think I mean, I guess every comedian would say the same, right. Like I dread to think how many miles I do. But like, you know, it's it's, yeah, the the hours. Yeah. The hours on the motorway, the intrinsic knowledge of every service station, the—I mean, it's all great fun, you know what I mean? But so I, I do—I listen to more. I try and listen to loads of like comedy podcasts and, yeah. uh, or or whatever, rather than. And I do try and go and see some live shows yeah. when I when I can, yeah. Um, but yeah, trying to find the time. I, and I do always try and stay at gigs as well to try and see, right? Uh, unless it's a really ridiculously long drive back, I normally try and see everybody who's on
0: yeah well that was going to be my next question it's so about to do you arrive at, in time to see this the openers and do you stay to see the closes yeah 100 percent. yeah do you do that from solidarity or just because that's the one opportunity you get to relax and see comedy as a as an audience member
1: um i think both i think both it's i think particularly if you're
0: if i'm you know if i'm on in the middle
1: it's always nice to see who's opening to see kind of what the, you just get a bit of sense of what the crowd's like and yeah. to see who they've spoken to and and all the rest of it so that's. um uh, that's great. You know, if I'm opening, it's really nice to be able to stay. You know, you've done your bit, right? You can put your feet up now. And like, it's all, and it's always really great. And even if you've seen them before or even seen gigs with them recently, yeah. I don't know. It's always still great, sort of like, because every set's a bit different, isn't it? So it's yeah. always still great, like, just sort of kicking back and putting your feet up and, and enjoying the rest of it. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, if I've got like a five
0: hour drive home, I'll be like, see you guys. Yeah. That's it. I'm out of here. And how, how do you, How do you watch comedy? Do you watch it as a comedian or can you detach yourself from working out what the punchline is going to be? Oh, that's such a great question.
1: I don't know if I sit and work out. I I definitely do watch it differently now. Mm. Like like in Edinburgh, I went to see loads of different shows and I was just really like looking out for, I guess less looking out for like what the the structure of jokes and what the punch is going to be, but more like how do you structure a decent set? So if I'm in a club or a show at Edinburgh, I'm like, now I'm sitting there going, oh, right. Okay. I can see these chunks of themes. All oh, right. I can see how they've linked that back to that. All oh, right. Okay. That's really interesting. Like seeing like those, mm. those bits of it, but yeah, I don't know if you can ever switch it off. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily try and sit and work out, or oh, is this what's, what's, where they're going to go with this, but it yeah. is really interesting seeing how people structure stuff and link it together. And yeah, and like, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's fascinating. That's fascinating.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've seen over 800 different comedians over a couple of thousand gigs. yeah, And I do it as well. And I I catch myself doing it. And I'll I'll be sitting there going, oh, yeah, I like the way they've gone. Oh, that's going to come back. That's a callback. And then, you know, and then they go, look, just stop. Just stop and just just enjoy it. Just try and listen to it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. 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 But, you know, but also then, I know when I'm seeing someone really good and who's really knocking my socks off, because then all that goes and all of a sudden you're just in the moment, right? And you're loving it. Yeah. And you're just really swept up by it. And you're like, oh, my my God, yeah. like, uh, and you realize just how good they are then when they just, they, you know, you've forgotten all of that.
0: Yeah. You mentioned, um, a few people that you watched, uh, earlier on, like Victoria Wood, are there contemporaries now that inspire you or that you, you know, you might go out of your way to see if you can.
1: Oh God, look, I'm just trying to see, I mean, I would, oh God, this is such a wanky answer isn't it. <laughs> like I will try and see. Oh god, oh well, so I I will try and see as many people as I can. I'm yeah. all, I I like I've just booked to see Susie Ruffle. I mm-hmm. saw Mike Wozniak a few weeks ago. Oh, he was his show was amazing. Yeah. Like um I was just booked to see Frankie Thompson Thompson Cats at uh, at Soho Theatre and mm-hmm. um saw uh One Woman show recently, which was just I mean, probably one of the most best structured incredible hours of comedy like I've ever seen. So like, like I, I don't know if there's like one person who I'm like, I kind of want a few people that I really follow. I'm just yeah. trying to see as many different things kind of as I can, I suppose, when I, when I get the chance to, but yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I crammed in, I, don't, I forget, I hate to think how many hours of shows in Edinburgh uh,
0: <laughs>
1: and try and get to as many as I can now, but yeah, not as many as I'd like. Yeah. I oh, know. How about you? <laughs> uh, am I allowed to? Am I allowed to like flip the table here? Am I allowed to like?
0: Yeah. Well, if it's ask
1: a... <laughs> Mark, comedy genius who's seen eight hundred comedians, who he's currently <laughs> if loving. It's of
0: any interest?
1: Actually, no. It's it's not. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just move on. Forget I asked that. No.
0: <laughs> Come on. Who's who's on your list at the moment? Um, I love Mike Wozniak. His show's uh, Zuzza is just hilarious, mm. and he's just one of those people yeah. who just stands there and quietly, calmly tells a story, and it's all about. It's a hundred tiny cul-de-sacs, you know? it's, yeah. it's just oh it's, my God, goes, yes. no, no bit goes anywhere, but he's he's always walking very, very slowly towards the destination, and it's fascinating how you're entirely absorbed in in a story that basically just keeps winding around and around on itself. Oh,
1: it was it was brilliant, yeah, but I really loved that, and that was one I definitely couldn't see where anything was going at any point at all.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. that's one of the things I love I, and like um like Tony Law, I love Tony mm. Law because yes. And in the same way, it's it might be that punchline thing we were talking about because you can't predict any of it. You don't know where it's going. And the same with Mike, but yeah. in a different. It's a storyteller rather than just an impromptu yeah. like sound. of just Tony Lord just sort of stops and start make start shouting. And I like that because yeah. in both cases you can't really. You're not looking for the punchline. It just takes you. Yeah. You're a passenger along for yeah. the ride. Yeah,
1: yeah. I remember seeing. I think his. I think his was one of the first shows I ever saw at Edinburgh. Like, and mm. I'm going back. I don't know, like maybe 2015, 2016. I can't remember.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he stood there, and for a considerable amount of the start of his show, he just stood on stage with a horse's head on. Yeah, right. And I have <laughs> never cried with laughter as much to a show. Like, I think my friends wondered if I was all right. Do you know what I mean? I just remember being. At, it was. I think it was one
0: of the first shows I saw up there. He just absolutely knocked my socks off. He was brilliant. Yeah. What's been your best moment so far in comedy? It could be on stage. It could be having been in a green room with certain people. It could be It could be anything. What, what's been the best single moment? Best moment?
1: Mm. Managing to stay awake on very long drives. <laughs> uh, back down the M6 at like four in the morning. That's always uh, uh, a good moment. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, God, there's so much. Oh, God, I'm going to sell like a right wanker now. There's just so many amazing moments in comedy. Um, <laughs> don't mean it like that. But I don't know. Each gig has a brilliant moment, whether it's like, oh, my God, what the fuck was that? Or it was like a lovely gig. But um, I think in terms of like, I think being backstage at the Funny Women final yeah. was probably one of the best because yeah, you know, there are more women gigging. You do see more women at gigs, but it's so rare. Like there was, you know, 10 of us backstage, yeah. 10 10 really, you know, um brilliant, funny, amazing comedians all backstage, everyone being so so not only was having a great laugh. It was just so rare to be with sort of hanging out with so many brilliant Uh, uh, comedians at a gig and everyone being so supportive everyone kind of bigging each other up everyone like you know really rooting for each other that was brilliant it was just such a fun night (laughs) Um, uh, uh, with with some annoyingly good comedians if I'm being honest Mm -hmm. Um, of course I wish there were fewer good comedians (laughs) on that night but hey ho but no it was brilliant it was just and like you know the Bloomsbury Theatre like walking out of the Bloomsbury Theatre it was just insane you know um so that was brilliant that was an amazing night but i think there's always something at every gig like even if you're walking a gig walking away being like what was that like or what happened what was that moment that happened but like you (laughs) know this insane little moment that kind of crops up with a bit of banter with the crowd or i don't know but
0: yeah yeah. do you find yourself i mean you mentioned improv earlier on Uh, do you find Mm -hmm. that regardless of the best scripted five in the world that you might go off on an improv tangent is that something that you you embrace um there's quite a few bits i build in which
1: uh are, are designed for that i suppose have a bit of interaction with the crowd a bit of answer or something like i quite yeah. like that bit of it yeah and like and i i've started to MC more which i really enjoy like I, I really enjoy that kind of like just just off the cuff chatting with the crowd and just seeing where that goes yeah and you know seeing where that takes you and just kind of uh so yeah, I really enjoy MCing for that. I, I definitely most most bits most bits in my set have have something that I'll kind of try and mm. kind of bring the crowd in or not have a bit of banter with the crowd. Which is yeah, I, I I don't like it, and I don't like it when the like when when you've got a crowd that just don't really like interacting that want to sit and listen. Like I can enjoy it still. It's still yeah. fine, but it's like I do. I think those moments for me, the bits where you have that kind of <laughs> impromptu bit of like off the cuff chat. Even if if you even if you kind of plan that moment, every time you do it, it's always different.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I do enjoy. I really enjoy that bit of it. <laughs> yeah, that that is not me. I'm a
1: back of the room guy. <laughs> I can, I could feel your bum clenching when I was talking about that.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I
1: could feel the tension of you being like, oh, God, audience yeah. interaction.
0: Oh, I don't think so. Exactly. I mean, Do you hate that? I oh, Yeah. I'm a deer in headlights. I'm completely dis Really? <laughs> the good part of it, if there is such a thing, yeah. is that it's testament to how readily absorbed I am in what the comedian's saying. That when they suddenly turned around mm. to me, I'm like, oh, oh. oh uh. But I just, yeah, I'm a complete deer in headlights. <laughs>
1: I love it. I love it. I mean, if I'm being honest, as you say that, if I think <laughs> about some of the bits where I will bring the crowd in, I don't really let them say much anyway, to be honest. It is still me talking, but um, <laughs> I think that says something more about me. But.
0: <laughs> well, I don't want to hear what the audience has to say. I, I want to see the professional do this <laughs> job.
1: <laughs> like, do what we've paid you to do, woman. Yeah,
0: that's what I <laughs> Like, come
1: on, crack on. <laughs>
0: have you learned any important lessons either from a huge mistake or from um you know a peer has taught you something it's just you know you can carry it forward now for forever that's a key thing i must always do or must never do sort of thing
1: um i can't remember who told me i can't remember who told me about maybe it was rich wilson i don't know someone game was giving me some good tips on like if if, if people heckle hmm. I'll credit it to him. It might not be. I'll withdraw, withdraw the credit later on if I find out otherwise. But <laughs> I just remember him saying that, like, you know, in that moment, sometimes, you know, when when someone shouts something out, hmm. a lot of the time it's not, they're not actually being a dick, but you think they're probably going to be in a dick. And, like, but it takes, you know, there's that moment where you're where you're trying to hear what they've said, hmm. there's that moment, and then you've got to try and understand, you know, process what they've said and then think of something back. And yeah. I think it was him that said the best thing he does uh, it's just a, it's just to laugh. So the minute you hear something, kind of laugh at what they've said, even if you don't know what they've said. Yeah. And that that kind of just gives you that moment. It shows the audience you've, you've got it, and it gives you that moment to just that split second to hear what they've said, process it, and think of what to say back. Mm. And I've used that loads, and it, <laughs> it is such a lifesaver sometimes. Because, you know, you don't want to be seen to be that kind of – bit, like you say, deer in headlights, being yeah. like, oh, what someone just said, and kind of lose the crowd. So that's a good one. I can't remember who else told me that they – you know if it got if, if it seems like a tough gig mm. just to go out and play the room like you're at the palladium fuck it <laughs> Do you know what i mean like don't it is either it's so hard cuz like every every bit of your body at a hard gig is like oh i don't want to do this oh, and you kind of like just want to go and hide in a hole yeah and i i've tried it and it i mean does it always change how the gig goes no but it's a bit of a fun game for me to be like fuck this like i'm going to i'm i'm going to go out and try and have a good time yeah. i'm going to play like there might be 30 people in the in a pub that don't want to be there but i'm going to walk out like this is the london palladium and have the best night of my
0: life <laughs> um
1: which probably looks utterly
0: ridiculous and i don't care <laughs> we talked about edinburgh a little bit mm. do you seek out every sort of five and 10 that you can get yourself involved in do you are you an avid festivaler shall we say
1: uh yes but i've realized i'm far too old to do that uh so yeah like i did i did like so i did um a split hour last year i'm gonna do a split hour again this year i think and i did i really tried to hop on other gigs yeah uh just because it's like it's like i mean this why not when you're there you know why would you why would you not try and yeah. just do as much as you can while you're there but doing it last year we did a show it was at 10 30 every night which i've realized at 40 was I was too old to be doing that quite frankly I'm 41 actually like I'm knocking a year off at 41 I was quite frankly too old to be doing a show at 10:30 every night and then working a bit during the day and trying to do three or four other gigs and I you know it I mean it was all good fun but my god I was broken but um I it was just great yeah it was great fun and I think for the first that was the first time I had done a full run mm and there was something yeah something brilliant about like being up in edinburgh doing your own like you know splitting splitting a show every day with somebody and then legging it round to all these other random little spots and yeah. gigs all over the place was <laughs> was great fun if not absolutely exhausting yeah. <laughs> but and what are you are you going to be up there again for the for the run
0: yes Great. Uh, this will be my first time doing the whole month at edinburgh yeah but it will be my 15th edinburgh wow Fucking hell. But I normally I only go for a week. Yeah. And I see about 50 shows in yeah. a week and then I'm exhausted. So I come home. Yeah. But this time I'm going for a month. Yeah. A month.
1: It's brilliant. It's, it's brilliant. It's a really, it's an insane place to be for a month.
0: Yeah. You know what
1: I mean? And I don't, I don't know if it'd be the same as a, as when you're just doing When you're there as a punter, but like one thing I really realized was like, you're just surrounded by so much stress and anxiety all the time. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's. It's hard not to sort of let some of that seep into you, even if you're not getting caught up in it. Yeah. Like that's, that was sort of something I really learned last time. Yeah.
0: I think what's different for me this year, more recently, I've got to know so many comedians that that last year was the best time because I was just hanging out with great comics. Yeah. I want to do that more. So I'm going for the month because a week wasn't enough. I was so angry when I I had to go home. Brilliant. I was having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. You're just
1: like, no, (laughs) don't want to. I know. I know it's like, it is, it was great. I think someone said to me, like, um, make sure that you like try and still have a bit of a normal life. Like if you're up there for the whole month, right? Like try and that's why, because I I was still working. I was working half time while I was up there. So like I was doing a couple of days a week, a couple of days a week off. And like everybody was, um, loads of people were like, oh my God, how are you going to do that? You're not going to be exhausted. You're not going to be. And actually it was, probably the best thing for me because those yeah. first two and a half weeks i would say i was working hard time it gave me a bit of a routine so you can still feel anchored you've got yeah you're doing your show you're doing this and whatever but mm. like still trying to do, like going for a walk doing things like just trying to have yeah. some normal structure and then going to see shows and all the rest of it but not like yeah trying to get too swamped in it exactly
0: exactly and that, that's part of my thinking as well instead of trying to see eight or ten shows a day for a week yeah. and then burning out. I'll say, well, I'll see four or five and then I can walk around and eat meals and things. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like go, you know, and just maybe spend like try and get a couple of days out of the city. Just yeah. go for day trips out of the city and yeah. just trying to like pace yourself a bit was was
0: was was well worth the advice. Yeah, but knowing me, I'll say, Oh, I'll just go to Glasgow and then I'll end up at the stand or something like that. I'll just be doing the same. Yeah, well,
1: I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> I was there actually this week. I was up at the um, I did the like, they're stand tryout spots. You can go up and do, like, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Newcastle. Yeah. In a, And I had to... I couldn't do Newcastle because the train strikes ended up coming back. Hmm. But to do Edinburgh and Glasgow stand, I cannot tell you how <laughs> fucking amazing it was to walk out on that stage. Like, they're just... <laughs> they're Like, you know, they're so, so amazing.
0: Uh, do you have... Um objectives going forward that you want to do do you have like a plan
1: become a kept woman
0: <laughs> okay fair enough.
1: become a kept woman so i can give up the day job and become you know uh waft around doing comedy yeah. uh i mean as soon as gillian anderson realizes she wants to marry me their the plan will kick into action um <laughs> however in the meantime um objectives i just I just want to keep getting better you know keep getting better keep getting you know trying to find you know more promoters to gig with trying to you know always trying to up the kind of you know get better at the gigs i'm doing and doing better gigs and just keep on i suppose i mean yeah i i I suppose broadly i just want to keep doing this and do more of it and make it you know be able to work less and do more of this um what that looks like though i don't know we just have to take what comes right yeah
0: you mentioned doing a split last year and this year. Hopefully, when's your debut hour to be expected?
1: Um, maybe the year after next,
0: I reckon. Yeah,
1: so not this year. No, sorry, not no, the year after next. No, I'm, I'm, I'm I still think I'm in twenty two. <laughs> not this
0: year, probably next year, I reckon. Yeah, is it a daunting prospect having a first solo hour?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. It makes my ass fall out thinking <laughs> about it. But uh, there's like a really like there's like a really like nice safety net isn't there of doing like splitting an hour Because you know you can split all the admin and prep and like yeah. you know do it together and just have a you know you can have a crack to, you have a laugh together even whatever the gigs shows like yeah. um but you know I've, i'm starting to, i'm starting to pull together ideas and bits and bobs for a show like it's just like when you see the quality of other people's debut hours you think holy fuck that's like so good, so good that <laughs> yeah. like you know I've got to start putting the leg in early. So yeah, probably next year I reckon.
0: Yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. What is it like writing for you? Are you a are you a sit down writer? are you a pen no pen paper or notes on the phone that sort of thing?
1: Notes on the phone, wandering around. Yeah, not annoyingly normally, in uh, you know. 2 a.m. on a drive back down the M1, where you can't actually touch anything to write anything down, <laughs> and I'll try and get Siri to take a note from me, and Siri doesn't listen properly, and they misinterprets half of like you know, I'll, I'll say like four words, thinking, oh that'll reminds me what the fuck I was on about tomorrow when I listen <laughs> back to it, and then I look at it and I'm like. Not only are these four words don't make sense the next day. Series also got half of those four words completely yeah. wrong, and I just look like I'm in the middle of a bit of a meltdown. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I need a little bit of support. So, um, no, I really wish I really envy these people who are like, "Yeah, I did a couple of hours of writing today," and I'm like, "Oh God, wish I was that kind of person." I, I make a load of notes. Yeah. Uh, I wander around and I'll, I normally just like think of stuff, like pull it together in my head a little bit, and like almost like. It was like I wander around talking to myself almost like as if I was doing a bit, and then I'll go and try it out. And then if it works after a few times, then I'll probably sit and try and write it down properly. But yeah. you know, I don't know. I wish I was a bit more methodical with it, you know. <laughs> but I've got four about five different notebooks, about seven different Google Docs open with different notes that I keep thinking, and one day I should just sit and merge all of that <laughs> and I
0: oh, <laughs> one day. So, what are your measures for success or failure?
1: Um. Oh God, <laughs> I don't know.
0: Do you have such a
1: thing? Uh, <laughs> no. Try to
0: think. Do I? Is everything a success, regardless of how well it went? Oh God, if only it was. <laughs> um.
1: I think. <laughs> I think. There's definitely I mean have there's definitely some gigs I've done where I think oh you fucked that up <laughs> like there was definitely you know looking back like I you you should have prepped more you should have but then you know then I know not to do that again you know there's, there's definitely ones like that where you think oh you absolute bellend. what did you do that for but most of the you know I don't know generally success is am I do am I doing more am I getting am I am I progressing? should know I mean it's really hard when someone telling me don't look sideways don't compare yourself to other people yeah. because they'll always be doing something you're not and vice versa and like, try not to compare yourself. And it sounds really, I mean, it's really hard not to do that. Of course it is. But like, yeah. I think if I'm really, if I really think about it, I'm just like, I know, am, am I getting better? Am I, am I writing better? Am I doing better? Am I writing new stuff? Mm. Am I, am I getting, you know, am I pushing myself and getting more gigs yeah. with or better gigs and like, you know, I don't know. It's so hard because there's no objective measure, is there? Are, are you doing well or not? Mm. I don't know. It's just like and I am mean, you know, just trying to keep enjoying it, I suppose. I mean, that sounds really wanky. It's like <laughs> a right bell end saying that. I just wanna I just wanna enjoy it, guys. I just want to enjoy it for the love of it and for the art. Like, no, shit. But do you know, I just want to have a good time doing it. Uh not sound too much like a bellend and have fun, I suppose. Um God, I think I just sound like even more of a knob saying that, but you know what I mean.
0: What's the biggest thing you get out of the the performers' experience being on stage performing to an audience. What's what do you get out of it?
1: I just, it's just such a buzz. Mm. How just well, just I mean, I sound. Oh God, you're just making me sound like a wanker now. But there is nothing <laughs> better than just in a room full, but just laughing with a room full of people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And just like, uh, and I think that's why I like those sort of interaction moments a little bit. Those little bits of like just playing around yeah. and having a bit of banter with people. I just think. It's just so much fun. Like it's just, I feel like it's feel, It's a bit. It's quite childlike. It just feels like adult play. It's like adult playtime, you know. Yeah. Oh, not like that kind of adult playtime. <laughs> that sounds. Just to be clear. That's not a very different kind of playtime. That's not what I'm talking about. That's a but different like, just sticking around, you know. That? It's, that's a different club altogether, and I'm um, paid quite a lot more for that actually. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I completely lost out. I don't know. Yeah, but the best thing about Paul was like, like I said before, like sometimes that bit just before you go out, you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I doing this? I'm I'm 41 years old. What do I think I'm doing about to go out there and speak to some random people who are like, what on earth is this big laser on stage doing? But like, (laughs) you have all those doubts before you go on and then you go on and you have a really nice, you have a really, you know, you just dick around for 20 minutes, have a great time and off you go again. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's great fun.
0: Did you encounter anything starting out to perform in live comedy that was against all expectation that just a complete surprise to you about what it would mean to be doing stand up?
1: Oh well that I didn't get booed off. It was obviously <laughs> quite a surprise. <laughs> but um I I don't I don't I don't know. I don't 'cause I just don't think I don't really think I had any expectations of it whatsoever, I suppose. Like I think there are far fewer dickheads than I thought there might be. Like Everyone's, you know, everyone, you hear lots of stuff around how many, like, you know, how tough the scene can be. And like, I don't know. I mean, there are, there are a few, you know, there's people who can be dickheads, but I, I the, the, you know, there's so many brilliant, supportive, amazing people that you kind of meet. Like it's brilliant. They far outweigh the kind of negative stuff you hear. Yeah. That was a, that was a nice surprise, I suppose. But yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I just it all fascinates me. It all genuinely, I'm a bit of a nerd with it. Do you know what I mean? It's all really interests me. Even like the stuff like yeah. seeing what it is about, you know, trying to figure out like why did that crowd seem, you know, more gelled and relaxed last night versus the gig this night? Like what was it? What was it about the room or was something, you know, what was it? What was it yeah. that made one gig better than another?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that stuff really interests
0: me trying to figure that out. Yeah.
1: I don't think I've managed to figure any of it out, but trying to. <laughs> trying to,
0: that's what interests me. Yeah. Kate, how can we find out where you're performing? What can we find out about you?
1: Well, I mean, when I get my art in gear and actually update my website, then you could, <laughs> which surprisingly is on one of my very uh, long lists of comedy admin to-do lists. Um, but uh, I've got a site now uh, that was uh, thanks to my friend who built it for me, uh, which is thatkatemartin.com. So I'm about to put gigs on there or on no, all the same, That Kate Martin on all the socials. I try and post stuff there yeah. um, when
0: I can. Excellent. So finally, the question I always ask, and the title of the podcast: Can you please sum up for me comedy in a nutshell? Comedy in a nutshell. I was going <laughs>
1: to summing up comedy in a nutshell. But I was going to say adult playtime, but we've already established that's quite a, <laughs> uh, a, a, a a phrase with many meanings. Comedy in a nutshell is just um, yeah, adult adult dicking around. It's 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 amazing fun. I appreciate you coming on with me today. It's been
0: absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much.
1: It's been great. Thanks so much for having me. It's been brilliant.